where our highest priority is making God real in your life. You can visit us online at womanatthewellministries.org. Now sit down with us as we look to the scriptures to learn more about God and to strengthen our daily walk with Jesus Christ. And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. 1 Samuel 15.22 Perhaps Abraham felt the meaning of this verse more than anyone. And the scripture was fulfilled which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was a imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God, James 2.23. Have you ever contemplated what it cost Abraham to be the friend of God? Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him as righteousness. Conceivably, there is no greater demonstration of belief than when Abraham willingly obeyed God and laid his son Isaac on the altar with the intent of sacrificing him. But God provided a sacrifice, and Isaac was never required of Abraham. Genesis 22, 1-13. God never wanted Isaac. He wanted all of Abraham. Come join Kim in this journey through the scriptures, revealing what it means to lay down your Isaac. Hello, and thank you for joining us in this podcast of Women at the Well Ministries. And it's a familiar passage that we're going to walk through today in Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 through 13. But before we begin to look at this account of the scriptures of Abraham being asked to commit his entire being, his heart, his mind, his desires, his will, to commit all of that to God, I want you to take a moment to pause and ask yourself, what is it in your life that you are holding on so desperately tight to that it would break you if you had to give it up? But even more importantly, what is it that you simply will not Give to the Lord. Let's pray. Our kind and most gracious to Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this opportunity to walk through your word. For the privilege it is to know that when we are in your word, that your presence is with us, Lord, and that the Holy Spirit within us is stirred. And Lord, that you will bring to remembrance the things that we have need of when we have need of them, Lord. And I'm asking you right now to take a walk through each of our hearts, to open doors that we've had closed for our whole lives, maybe, 
and allow us to purge ourselves of our will, our disobedience, Lord, of the desires that are not of you. But Lord, what I ask most is that you bring to our mind what it really is that we are laying between us and you. Lord, let us understand where we truly have placed our faith. And Lord, give us the courage to yield our entire being to you. Lord, help us lay our Isaac down. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Erica read in your hearing 1 Samuel 15, 22, and in that verse we are told that it is better to obey than to sacrifice. And you know, for some of us, it's easier to write a check than it is for us to give time. For some of us, it's easier for us to just talk about something instead of being involved in doing it. But obedience requires us to give up our will and our wants and our desires every time we step out in obedience. Every single time that we are asked to obey, that means we have said your authority is over my wants, my desires, and my wills. Now there's a time in our life, I believe, when we walk with God so long that his commandments and his will and his ways become something that we engraft into ourselves, and so it's not hard for us to obey some things, but there's always going to be a push in your life against something that you hold so dearly that you're either holding your breath and hoping God doesn't ask for it, or you are clinging to it without any realization that it really has already been placed by you, between you, and God. It's a truth that all of us face every day. And for many of us, we've read the account in Genesis 22, verses 1 through 13, many times in our lives. And we think about what an amazing man of God Abraham was. But I want you to know that God said he's no respecter of persons. I also want you to know that to whom much is given, of much is required. And Abraham had been given blessings, and he had been given promises that were going to happen through his son Isaac. Yet Abraham is faced in this account with a horrific situation. The God whom he serves and he loves and he trusts is now asking him to give up, to lay down, to sacrifice, to harm his greatest worldly relationship and in some instances, his greatest worldly possession. And that's his son Isaac. Let's read. 
And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. Now before we move out of verse 1 of chapter 22 in the book of Genesis, I want you to see that Abraham is distinguished from many other people because Abraham is immediately obedient, and when God calls, he says, here I am. Now, for some of us, we probably need to hit the pause button, and we need to think about for a minute how readily available do we make ourselves for the work of the Lord, the service of the Lord, or even time for the Lord to speak to us. Abraham heard the voice of God, and immediately he responded, here I am. So let's hit the play button in our life again and continue. And he said, take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went into the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. Abraham has been told that he is going to offer his only begotten son, the one he loves, as an offering on the altar. Now, Abraham had other sons, but this was the promised son. This is the son that God had said that the world, the seed, was going to go out, and he would bless it. And Isaac's just a young lad. He has not produced any seed, let alone the whole world full of seed. And God is asking him to offer him. Now put yourself in that place right now and just think about what what is being asked of Abraham. God is very distinct in his words when he says, offer him. That's the same term that's used when you offer a sacrifice, when you give something to the Lord. And Abraham's being required of God to give his son, the son of promise. It had to be confusing to Abraham to wonder how could these promises you've promised me ever happen if I'm to offer my son. But you see, if you read this account, Abraham doesn't get stuck on that because he believed. He knew the promises of God. And he tells him in verse 5, we're going to go on that mountain. He knows that on that mountain, he's going to sacrifice his son. But he tells the people left behind, very carefully, he says to them, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. I fully believe that Abraham believed he was going to sacrifice his son, but I believed he knew that God 
would provide some way for his promises and his word to not go void and there not be a lie. That's how much he trusted him. That's how well he knew them. He either thought he was going to bring him back to life or some other event was going to take place, but he believed that he was going to do what God told him to do and it was going to result in God's promises being fulfilled. And the only way that could happen is for him to give him to the Lord because that's what the Lord required and for him then to be alive to be down for the others to witness him and for the promises of God to be fulfilled. I want you to think for a moment when things don't add up in your mind, when the calculations of what God is asking you to do and what you know of reality don't match up, what do you do? Do you just decide you must have gotten it wrong? That couldn't be what God asked you to do. Do you reason that This is nuts. It's not going to work. So you just do your own thing. Or do we honestly have the trust in God and the courage to obey God and the faith in God to do what he asks us to do when we can't see beyond the step, when we know all that we know about what he's asking us to do makes zero sense and you can't see how this is going to work. Are you still like Abraham and you trust and believe with such faith that you will continue in the path and God has asked you to do and you will do what he says. That is obedience. And I want you to know that a young friend of mine reminded me recently that something that is partial obedience is still disobedience. So if you're not obeying all the way, you are disobedient. And the Lord says that to obey is better than sacrifice. He also speaks of Abraham in James chapter 2 and verse 23, another verse that Erica read in your hearing. And he says, and the scripture was fulfilled, which saith, Abraham believed God. Can your friends and family, your co-workers, your acquaintances, can they testify that you believe God? Not just that you believe in God, but that you believe God. You believe what he says. You believe the things that he's promised. You believe who he is. And you know him and his character. Can that be said of you? It was said of Abraham in the book of James. And he says, and because he believed God, it was imputed unto him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. Ever since I was in first grade, and I heard a sermon and a lesson taught on James chapter 2 and verse 23, I thought in my heart and my mind, I want to be called the friend of God. When it's all said and done, I want to be called the friend of God. When my friends and, and family and acquaintances on this earth talk about me and the last things they say when I am leaving this world, I want them to say, She was a friend of God. And in first grade, I didn't have any idea what that meant. I just wanted people to know I loved him. I wanted the people to know that I assimilated with him. Many, many years have passed since first grade. And rarely have I neglected to ask the Lord to help me be the friend of God. And as you look in this 
scripture, I sometimes shudder as I think, what does it mean to be the friend of God? In my mind, it was to be his hands extended. It was to be his feet. It was to be his mouthpiece when he would give me words. It was to follow after him, to assimilate his ways. It was to be who he said he wanted me to be, to strive to be in one accord and to live in the center of his will. And I still believe that much of that is true. Actually, all of it is. But there's more to being the friend of God than that. And Abraham shows us that. To be the friend of God, we have to be willing to obey his voice. As we continue in the scriptures in verse 6, he says, And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son, And he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father. And he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where's the lamb for a burnt offering? Isaac's starting to see something's up. And here's Abraham looking at his beloved son, the promise of God, born to him when he was old, a miracle just that he's alive. And you know that had to hurt him. And probably Isaac doesn't have the faith that Abraham has. So Abraham's got to muster up enough faith for both of them to keep the situation calm. And Abraham said, my son, my God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. Even in the pressure of his precious son, who probably had fear in his eyes and certainly was confused, Abraham stood the course. Abraham was not persuaded to look left or right of God's words and God's promises. And he didn't look away from what God had asked him to do. Even in the midst of extreme pressure, even when the situation was going to call of him to hurt someone that he loved with all of his heart, Abraham's faith was secure because he believed God and he believed what God had said. And they came to the place which God told him of and Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. I want you to see that Abraham never altered the plan God gave him. Under pressure, he didn't alter. You know he was thinking, I need to get this over with. I can't stand this. I know God said we need to do it at this specific place. That's a long way away. If I'm going to do this, let's just get it done. I need to get it done now. I can't take this any longer. He did not allow his fleshly emotions and his fleshly reasoning to detour what God's plan was. Because God had a plan for when this was going to happen. And when you stick to the plan God gives you, everything works exactly the way it's supposed to. And God provides. And sometimes we quit a little too early because God said, go on, and we just stop. Sometimes we think the road's a little too harsh, and we think that the path is too steep. And so we take an alternate route, and we just don't do what God says. And then we want to 
complain and murmur when it doesn't work out the way God said it was going to work out when we don't receive the blessing that God has for us. Because let me tell you, partial disobedience is the same as disobedience. And God says, you have to obey my voice. I have to be the one supreme being in your life. You can have no other gods before me. You have to love me with your heart, your soul, your mind, and your entire being. And when we alter the course that God gives us, what we are doing is we are making a plan that is contrary to what God has said. We are disobeying his plans, his orders, and his voice, and we are on our own because we have left the Father's protection. We have inserted ourselves in a place we surely don't belong. God knows what's before us. He knows what's behind us. He knows what's left or right of us. And God's plan is perfect. And when we follow the plan, when we follow the voice like a sheep follows the shepherd, we are protected, we are supplied for, and we are blessed. Verse 10 says, And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. He was sticking to the plan. Verse 11 says this, And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, and he said what he always says, Here am I. Abraham didn't have to wait to get his life together, to get himself in a place where he could hear the voice of God when he was in the depths of despair. He didn't have to wait to call upon God for what he needed when he needed help. He didn't have to clean himself up or get his heart right with God to hear the voice of God But at the moment he needed to hear, he heard, and he did what he always did. He obeyed because Abraham kept his account with God up to date. He kept his heart purified and clean because he believed God. And God said, be ye holy, for I am holy. And he knew that to be acceptable and pleasing in the eyes of God and to be able to hear the Holy Spirit when it speaks, he needed to have a life that was committed to God, which was a life that would be devoid of sin and unconfessed sin, a life that was asking for God to cleanse him, that was seeking his will for his life and his purpose. Verse 12 is, and he said, lay not, this is the angel speaking, lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him, for now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thy only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for the burnt offering in the stead of his son. Abraham raised his hand to follow in obedience the word of the Lord. 
And God provided what Abraham needed. And in this case, it was a sacrifice to substitute for his son. There's some things I want you to see from this passage. First and foremost, what I want you to see is that God has provided a lamb for a substitute for you. The lamb whose sinless, spotless blood will wash away your sins to pay a sin debt he didn't owe that you cannot pay. Jesus was a substitutionary sacrifice that is required to pay the penalty of sin. And whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Secondly, what I want you to see is that God is no respecter of persons. What he did for Abraham, he'll do for you. The Bible says in the book of James that we're to draw close unto him and he will draw close unto us. As close as you want to be to Jesus, he will allow you that space. You can have that role and that position in Christ's life. But you've got to live the life that God can bless and clean and mold and make able to stand in that position. See, God never wanted Isaac. Isaac was never the object of what God was demanding in this account. What he wanted was all of Abraham. See, Isaac couldn't be the most important thing in Abraham's life. And when God required that of Abraham and he saw that Abraham was willing to give it because Abraham believed God and he obeyed. When God saw that Abraham feared God and loved God and believed God more than the love he had for his son, then he knew that God was the most important thing in Abraham's life. And that's what it requires to sit in that position because God says, y'all shall have no other gods before me. And if it's a boat, if it's hunting, if it's fishing, if it's your wife, if it's alcohol, if it's drugs, if it's your friends, if it's your home, if it's your status, if it's your pride, whatever it is, you've got to be willing to lay your Isaac down. You've got to watch because I want to tell you something I learned recently. It's not a one and done, this laying your Isaac down. See, other things creep into your life and you don't see them as your God. But you soon to see, oh, well, this is my backup plan. If this doesn't work, then I'll just go do that. Or I love you, Lord, but I need to work all the time and I can't make it to church because I've got to make sure I have enough food and enough money for my family. That sentence in itself shows where you're placing your faith and your trust. You're facing it in yourself to be able to supply those things instead of God who has given it to you anyway. Anyway. 
So you have to let God sweep through your life and remove your Isaac on a regular basis because as we walk through this world, the dust of the world gets on our feet and we will sometimes get our eyes turned away from God and we will sometimes let the pride of life swell up in us and we will find ourselves thinking that we are much more than we are and we think that it's us who's taking care of ourselves and God is great, but hey, I'm over here. I really don't need him now when every blessing and every good thing comes down from the Father of lights and you are nothing with Without him, we are as filthy rags, and everything that we have, and all that we are, and all that we ever will be, is by the grace and the mercy and the love of God. And our faith must be placed fully and totally in him. And we have to lay our Isaac down and say, Lord, your will be done. And when he calls, you say, Here am I. And you might not even know what that means. But you don't have to because you love him and you trust him. And you know that he is real. You got to lay your Isaac down. You got to believe God for who he is. You have to love him enough to put aside everything else but God. What is your Isaac? Lay it down. Because the truth is, your Isaac can't hold you or keep you. And you only have your Isaac because of the goodness of God. Remember, you are loved. Jesus loves you. Thank you all for joining us today in this program of Woman at the Well Ministries. We pray that it has been a blessing to you and we encourage you to reach out to us through our website or our Facebook page. You can find us at watwm.org and at facebook.com watwm where you will find devotions and many additional Bible resources to enhance your personal walk with God. Woman at the Well Ministries is a nonprofit organization dedicated to serving our Heavenly Father and it is through your loving and generous support that our ministry continues to bless others. If you would like to partner with Women at the Well Ministries, please visit our website at watwm.org. We would like to thank the gospel group Fudge Creek for letting us play their hit song, Happy Girl. We greatly appreciate your prayers. Know that we pray for our listeners. Remember that God loves you, and you are loved. Girl.